Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We want to appreciate all of We want to. We do appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Did you see the cupcakes they were putting out, by the way? I know you're not big on cupcakes, but I your miss, wife might be. I miss that, but yes, she would be. Does she like Oreos? Oh, yeah. They had like some Oreo cookies and cream cupcakes working. Oh, yeah. Come out of that place sometimes are just immaculate. Incredible. You know, if I was going to go for something, this is actually Strange Brew. Mm-hmm. Not, you said it's Strange Brew, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like some of those homemade Pop-Tart things he's been yeah. doing lately. I'm a big Pop-Tart guy. Yeah. So like those things are looking... So what you're saying is they're this, tempting. They're tempting. I know better than go buy you a bowl of ice cream or a piece of pie, but if I were to show up to the studio one day and I had a Strange Brew Coffee House homemade Pop-Tart, you would eat that. I don't want to be surprised with it. I want to know it's coming. Okay. Because like, if you surprise me, like if I get caught off guard by food, I, I'm very regimented. Like I'm not one that's just gonna. Oh, there's there's food. I'm just gonna eat all of it because it's there in front of me. Right, right, right. Like, I'm very. I know you are. I, I right, I'm we'll not see. really. We'll a, see how it goes. I'm not really a calorie Next counter time I see per se. Them being advertised, I'm, we might do that. I get. We'll figure it out. We we'll go. see how it goes. There we go. Bottom Whatever line get, is this. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And, of course, if you live here in Starville, you live in Tupelo, those kind of incredible goods are available to you all the time. I was at Strange Brew earlier today. But you know, Today was my wife's birthday, as we're recording, so I brought her a little little birthday happy of a, of a coffee from a Strange Brew Coffee House. You were just a happy delivering dude today. I was. I was. So, uh, yeah, you can always be that kind of guy. You can always be that kind of lady when you have Strange Brew Coffee just right there in your backyard. And if it's not in your backyard, head over to their website. Get it shipped to your house. It can be in your backyard one way or the other. This is the weekend for MSU Baseball up here in Starville. Make sure you're looking right with a trip to College Corner. Two two locations. They're definitely not slow. The surface is great. There are locations there in Jackson. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Show, which means they're both on the way to Starkville. And you can pick yourself up a brand new polo, t-shirt, baseball cap, something maroon and white, something sharp, crisp, and looking good, just like the Bulldog pitching staff. Don't be, don't strike out with an old MSU shirt. Put on something new, something cool, something from College Corner. And when you're up here this weekend, one of the stops you've got to make is Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. That's Humble Tacos. Not just Mexican food, though. It's Mexican food, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots, Mississippi products up and down the the menu, but in a way you've probably never seen before, like that famous Vardaman sweet potato tortilla that all of their tacos come in. Delicious stuff, great options for everybody. If you're eating healthy, if you eat vegan or vegetarian, or even for the kids, 
There's plenty of great stuff on the menu to choose from. Great patio. There's going to be good weather this weekend after we get through today, but which, by the way, everybody, if you're listening right now, please stay safe and, and be tuning into Super Talk Mississippi all day. We'll have updates all day, including my guess is through Sports Talk Mississippi today. But when you're up there this weekend and the weather's great, sit out on the patio, have a margarita, have an ice cold beer, enjoy some great food from Humble Taco. We got a good show today for you guys. I uh, got an interview we're about to get to in just a moment. I talked to Teddy Cahill. I mean, it, might as well, right? Baseball America. This is the one-two matchup, and I wanted to get his thoughts on not only this series but on Mississippi State and a little bit on Arkansas as well. I wish Joel I had known that he was going to be putting out a full field of sixty-four projection uh, later the, on Wednesday when I talked to him because I would have definitely hit him up for a couple things there. Love where Mississippi State's placed as the number two overall seed, obviously, because and they just went off their current rankings. Arkansas yeah. is number one. After this weekend, here's what I'll say. If State wins this series, you're going to have two weekends of those projections being with State number one because next weekend with Kentucky, you would think State can, can hold on there. Um, <sighs> you think? In my opinion, when we get to, uh, to May and June, that's probably going to be the Vanderbilt Commodores at that number one seed. So being the two seed is the best case scenario. You can't see them until you get to the national championship series. But as being the number two seed, you'd expect maybe a little easier road. Louisiana Tech as the two seed in Starkville, Ugh. that is a not a great draw for sure. All this being said, and I know you listening know that. It's March. It's March. Um, but it's fun to talk about. It is. And if, if that is how it played out, mm-hmm. surely they wouldn't send La Tech down. Well, I don't know. we don't know what La Tech will be in two or three months either. But the way La Tech looks right now, surely they wouldn't send them as the two seed to the Mississippi State Regional if State's the number two overall seed. I would hope not. I mean, But anyway, we'll see. I mean, that's, you're talking about that's the conference USA champs in all likelihood. That's that they. Here's the thing about La Tech, right? Let's say they they win Conference USA relatively easily, which they could do. I think USM will put up a good fight. But let's say they do that. They also have wins on their resume over Arkansas and Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. They could host, and that would be a good story too. That's that new stadium that got to get built. Don't count that out. I don't. I don't. I'll be really surprised. If Arkansas, if Louisiana Tech is a two seed, not only in state, the national number two regional, that's just too good a team to be there. Um, speaking of USM, they were shipped off to Oxford in this. Oxford was uh, Ole Miss was the number six national seed in this. State also had an in-state team. Jackson State would be coming to Starkville in this, along with UC Santa Barbara. So a very interesting regional and a lot of fun. But let's talk about this weekend, and we'll start with my interview with Teddy Cahill from Baseball America on the Welcome Home... We haven't had anybody on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline in quite a while, but he joins us now. Huge series in Starkville this weekend. Joining me now from Baseball America, Teddy Cahill. This is 1-2 in your poll, Teddy. What is it about Arkansas right now that you like just a little bit more than Mississippi State? Well, you know, I think uh, when, when you look at what Arkansas did in Arlington there, I mean, that, that's really where this all goes back to, right? Mm-hmm. That they went 3-0 and and that Mississippi State has the misfortune of losing a game. You know, since then, Mississippi State's played really well, not like they didn't play well in Arlington. Uh, but that was a loud, loud statement by Arkansas. Uh, and then, you know, yes, they lost the game at Louisiana Tech, but that's a, a really good team 
people are going to see that as Conference USA play gets gets rolling here, and I think that's a regional team. They went on the road. They won a road series there. Um, yeah, so th- those are kind of the things I like about what the the Hogs' resume looks like. You know, if uh, if Mississippi State sweeps at LSU, you know, obviously that's a really good road series as well. And you know, if they if they had swept that, you know, we probably would have had a, a much more serious conversation about who the number one team in the country was. But as it stands right now, we'll uh, we'll let this weekend kind of kind of <laughs> settle it on the field. I mean, when you think back over the past few years, obviously in the, the SEC, especially. It's a great series every weekend, but this early to have this kind of matchup is, is a little unusual on the calendar, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, A&M played Florida in one of these other number one versus number two showdowns about five years ago now, and that was relatively early. But, yeah, for it to still be March and for this to uh, to be on the, the table, you know, it is uh, – a little unusual, and uh, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it. Maybe we can wish that it was a little later in the season, but for whatever reason, in 2021, we've been getting some series a little earlier than I would have really liked them. You know, last weekend, Mississippi State going to LSU, that kind of rivalry. Would like to see that a little later, you know. And uh, now we got we got Arkansas and Mississippi State. I wouldn't mind this in May, but you know, maybe we can get it get in June. Well, I mean, it's not like Mississippi State doesn't have series with Ole Miss and Vanderbilt and Arkansas has these kind of series. We're going to be talking about this kind of stuff all, all year. Let's look at Mississippi State, and obviously pitching is, is what's carrying the Bulldogs early on. You know, that Sunday starter thing aside, I guess the, the, the question everybody asks is, you know, whose staff do you like better, State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt? Who has the best pitching staff in the SEC, in your opinion? Well, I, I think that... Right now, you're talking about Mississippi State between these two. You know, the conversation with Vanderbilt becomes a little confusing just because it's so hard to compare what you're looking at. Um, you know, you've got, in their case, two elite, elite, elite starters, and then the rest of it is a little more of a, of a question mark still. And at Mississippi State, you have not, you know, I don't want to downplay what McLeod and Bednar can be mm-hmm. and whoever the third starter is, uh, but they're also not Kamar Rocker and Jack Leiter. So, you know, when I look at the, just between Mississippi State and Arkansas, I see better starters at Mississippi State. I think both have really deep, strong bullpens, but, uh, you know, Mississippi State's just gained a little more out of their rotation right now. Peyton Paulette has been pretty good as a second-year freshman, Zebulon Vermillion's been very good as a Saturday starter, and Lyle Lockhart seems like a nice quality Sunday starter for the Hogs. But uh, I, I think what McLeod and Bednar give the, the dogs at the front of the rotation, and then when you look at some of the, the premium bullpen pieces, you know, like Sims, uh, you know, like Stinnett, uh, you know, Smith, et cetera, out there, I, you know, that maybe puts. Uh, puts that group over the top for me. When you look at state staff, and I'm going to take Landon Sims out of the discussion here because I feel like he's the easiest answer. Who has impressed you the most so far this year? Oh, um, you know, Bednar hasn't thrown much. It's just been 12 innings, but they've been 12 really, really good innings. And, you know, I, I, I had the idea that it was in there. You know, you'd heard it was in there. But for him to, to be sitting on having just given up five hits and a walk in 12 innings, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's very impressive. I think McLeod's kind of doing what I expected, and 
you know, Frisco has been great as a, as a true freshman. I, you know, I, it, it, on some level, like, you, you have to, he, he has to be very close to, uh, to the answer as well. But I, I guess I, uh, I, would, I would land on Will Bednar. Yeah, Bet Bednar has, has been the guy that I knew he was going to be good, but he's been a little better than, than even I thought he would be. And I think you have an opportunity this weekend with Fristo. I think he'll. I think he's going to end up being that Sunday starter. Let's talk about Sarantola just a little bit because you know, talking to some of your colleagues who cover college baseball, it's all the same sort of conversation with him. In that, if he ever figures it out, you know, we're, we're three years into his college career. Do you have hope for him ever figuring it out? You know, yes, but I also think you have to wonder at this point. You know, Scott Foxhall is a very good pitching coach, and he's had as much time as he's had with him, what more can Scott Foxhall unlock that, that hasn't been unlocked to this point? Um, you know, so I, I think it's fair to wonder that. I, I do think at some point maybe he gets it figured out. Now, does that happen in Pro Bowl? Does that happen at Mississippi State? Like, well, well, we'll just have to wait and see. The hope is, of course, for the Bulldogs is that he figures it out sometime this season. Uh, because the upside, the potential there is just so, so great with a guy who has that kind of stuff. You know, but throwing 100, if you're not going to throw it over the plate, um, you know, it, it only means so much. So I, it's not easy to teach what they're trying to teach him. Um, you know, it's not easy to teach 100 either, but, it, but it's, it's definitely not easy to teach, you know, control. And, uh, you know, it, it's possible that, that he just needs – you know, more time than than college is really going to allot. You know, that, that's a guy that you, you just have to wonder how everything being so weird for the last year, you know, how much that ultimately affected him uh, because that's a guy that, that really could have used some more some more innings under his belt wherever he would have gotten them. And, um, you know, we'll never know the answer to that. But, but I, I think that, you know, hopefully he can unlock it. Because uh, the stuff is just so electric that, that you would love to see it. We, we it feels like we never talk. You know, when I talk to people about baseball, it's so much focus on pitching that states batters really they never really get mentioned all, all that much. I feel like I can do whole interviews about the pitching staff, but states hitters. You know, this past weekend at LSU, it, it was about timely hitting more than anything else, and they didn't have that on, in the Sunday game. And that's sort of what what cost them. They they left some some runs on on the bases there for sure. You know, how good do you li- how much do you like this bulldog lineup one through nine and is there a guy that stands out for you you know obviously beyond like Tanner Allen or, or Rowdy Jordan that you think hey there's big time potential there you know I think it's a solid lineup I think it runs deep I don't think they have you know a uh, a true masher in this group uh, Cameron James is off to a really nice start hitting above 300 you know he's got Got some home runs, got some stolen bases, just does a lot of different things. And, you know, I'll be interested to see how he develops here, um, you know, as, as a hitter, as he gets to see SEC pitching. And as, just as importantly as SEC pitching gets to see him, what, what progresses there. You know, but it, it's not going to be – this isn't a team with Brent Rooker. You know, it's not going to be one guy. It's not going to be about hitting a bunch of home runs. It's going to be about a lot of timely hitting, about using the speed, being aggressive, doing the things that you've seen them do to this point. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of lineup can be very successful, but it also isn't going to be, um, you know, mentioned as one of the best in the country, I don't think. And it's also not, you know, it's, uh, it, it is easy to get overshadowed because you have all these premium arms 
And then you look uh, offensively, and Tanner Allen's doing what Tanner Allen's been doing for like four years now. So you know, I, I think it's easy to overlook that a little bit. As good as it is, you know, it, it's not it's not quite as exciting as, as some of the stuff on the pitching side. So I think it's totally understandable that more of the conversation with this team revolves around the pitching staff. Well, let's look at this weekend. How, how do you see this weekend going? Who do you think will take this series? You know, I, I think here we have to go with the team at home. I think both teams are relatively similar, um, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, just pure talent. Obviously, they're set up a little bit differently. I mentioned that Mississippi State has a better rotation, and uh, Arkansas is maybe a little more offensive, certainly a little more home run uh, power uh, on that team. And Arkansas, like I do think it has to be said, just how unbelievably clutch they've been throughout the season. They have never blinked. You know, I, I guess the one time you could say that they, you know, really failed to, to to do much of anything was last Friday against Alabama, the worst loss at in Ballmarker Stadium for the Hogs this century. And yeah, that's uh, that's a really bad look. But then they responded really well to that. Came back, won the series. Did it trail the rest of the way? Like, just really handled their business, and I think that's the sign of a mature team. And I, I really like what they they can bring to the table. But you know, that being said, the Mississippi State pitching staff is the best that Arkansas is going to face to this point. And you know, you're doing it in Starkville, and, and so in under those conditions, you know, I, I have to favor the Bulldogs, uh, who I think have enough offense to to hit what is a good Arkansas pitching staff. And uh, you know, they're going to have their work coming out for them, but. In some low-scoring games, probably, you know, I, I think at home, I'll go with the Bulldogs. We'll see what happens this weekend in Starkville. Should be a big weekend. Should be big crowds. Looking forward to seeing a, I don't know about a packed Duty Noble, but we'll see uh, how many they can fit in there. I bet, I bet it's more than a few. Teddy Cahill from Baseball America, man. Always appreciate your time. Thanks so much, man. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks to Teddy. Always appreciate getting his, some of his time. Wish he was going to be here this weekend, but he will not. I know Aaron Fit from D1 Baseball will be here this weekend. Oh, he put that in the uh, his D- the D1 chat on Monday, I believe. He will at least be here, I think, for Friday, maybe Saturday as be well. Good to catch up with Aaron. I hadn't seen him, you know, I guess in a couple years because I, I don't know. He was here, I think, at the maybe one of the beginning series last year. It'll just be it good to have out. him here for one reason. He always like circles the, the stadium. He won't uh, he won't take up a seat in the press box. We, <laughs> we only have so many in there. Not that we don't like Aaron. Um, this is a huge series. And, and, and let me ask you the same question I asked Teddy in that you, the SEC, you always have big series, but this early to have number one, number two, or at worst in most polls, it's number two, number three. I, I didn't look. What has stayed in collegiate baseball this week? I think they stayed six. Incredible. <laughs> Got to let him on the Zoom that or something. That guy doesn't <laughs> like Mississippi State. I'm not normally like, oh, they're biased. That guy doesn't like Mississippi State. Let me let me pull that up here just a second, just so we. There's can, no way there's still six after I, taking I, two I'm, or three. I'm Come on, man. Almost uh, certain it was that, but before I declare, I know it was not in the top five. It was either five or six, but I think it was six. All right, here we go. I'm there. One click away. Come on, internet. Here we go. Yes, Mississippi State is the number six team in the country. Arkansas's five in this poll. I mean, come on. Uh, he's got Vandy one. He's got Florida two. Florida. Okay. Well, I don't need to hear any more about Ole that. Miss three, Texas Tech four. He's got Texas Tech two spots ahead of a, of two teams that have beaten them. Yes. 
both with either the same or, or better records. Well, Arkansas, I guess it's tough to say better record, but they have a one fewer loss. Right, uh, they've played fewer games in Texas Tech, so right. I don't know what the winning percentage doesn't there matter. Is. Enough. Anyway, enough of collegiate baseball. It does not seem like the uh, most. But that said, accurate poll. So I'm out with them. This is a consensus top three showdown. It's one two in baseball America. You don't normally get that the second week in a conference play. Not usually. Um, that said, I mean, when you have so many teams in the Southeastern Conference inside the top five and, and right there in this range, it may not be the last time you see it. I, I don't know what the schedule is. I don't have, like, the full SEC slate right. in front of me. But when you have this many teams this highly ranked, I mean, it's not going to shock me if I, it, if you see it again. I, I know at some point Ole Miss plays Vandy. Right. And I don't know how it's going to go for those two teams, but – I mean, it's tough for me to foresee Ole Miss still being that ranked, ranked that highly here in a couple weeks. Because I mean, they're about to go through a murderer's row. Well, they're going to play Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and Arkansas in the next few weeks. And, and Florida, I mean, Florida's in there too. Oh, Florida too. Yeah. If they order, won seat. I don't know what order all that's in. Right. But Ole Miss could it, either be number one, or they're going to be towards the bottom there. At the end of it, yeah. But right, right now, yeah. I mean, sitting here in the top five themselves, you could have another one of these top five matchups. Is what right. I'm saying. Coming up, the other, the other thing that's interesting for me with Ole Miss is that no matter as long as they finish around five hundred, they could be sixteen and fourteen. Their RPI is going to be so high. I mean, there's almost there's the only way they could not be a national seed is to to really be bad. Yeah, and to be not. like thirteen and seventeen. And I don't <laughs> think that they're going to be. Now they could be. I mean, if I told you straight right now they lost all nine to Arkansas State and and, and Vanderbilt, that's not out of the question. Uh, out of the question, I guess not. But the chances of them going zero and nine in that stretch—it is, it, it is, it is less. It is, it's not likely, you know. But because I mean, I'm sure they could pick one up against Vandy in Arkansas. I mean, for for goodness sake, like East, <laughs> like Eastern Michigan wouldn't go necessarily zero and nine. They about beat Mississippi State up here the other day. You know, I would tell you, I think Eastern Michigan would go zero and nine. Pro- probably, but I mean, you know, I'm State- just saying. If it's not out of the realm of questions. It's just not. But that's what it's going to take yeah. for them to look. Right, right. Something like, some some sort of ridiculous. And it's sort of the same thing is true for Mississippi State. But the thing is, with State's pitching staff, it just feels like that's less likely. Although Ole Miss got a big boost this week with Nikhazy being back in the uh, yeah. in the rotation for them. All right, let's go back to this matchup here. <sighs> we can we can just go off on so many Who things. Who cares? Gary. It's our show. You're darn right. Um... I think the Arkansas lineup was, uh, or the Arkansas rotation was uh, announced earlier tonight. Um, and that was, it is going to be Wicklander, uh, Zebulon Vermillion, assuming he doesn't, you know, between now and then, you know, decode the uh, the National Reserve's uh, bank account and end up on, a, on, a, on in Mars and somewhere. And Lockhart will go for them. State, it's what you would sort of expect at this point in that it's McLeod, Bednar, and our old friend TBA. TBA. I think TBA might they need as well to put be... him in the ring of you know they're putting the ring of honor in there. Yeah, Saturday. TBA should, TBA should have him a spot first somewhere. ballot. First ballot. Um, I think TBA will end up being JF when it's all done. Could be it could be Double H. I wish Houston Harding's middle name was Henry or something. Um, Houston but, Hootie Harding. I mean you know his nickname's the H. So it's all about the game. Anyway, I think it's going to end up being Fristo. And then Harding, sort of that. 
I think you know Harding got a, what an inning on on Wednesday in that eighteen to one win over North Alabama. So obviously he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, the whole everybody is. Well, it may be pretty smart to do it that way too because I think Arkansas has a bunch of lefties in their mm-hmm. lineup anyway, kind of thing. Maybe you start Fristo and then there's more lefties in the lineup, and then you could almost do the opener thing where after one time through the lineup, then you throw your lefty in there mm-hmm. where it's either lefty on lefty look. or they have to right start right. matching well, up anyway. Know, we'll see where it goes. Um, but I, I like State's chances to get two with McLeod and, and Bedner, uh, even against Arkansas, who's you know a good hitting team. The thing about this Arkansas team that strikes me is I don't know that they're great anywhere, but I don't know where their weakness is either. I don't know, you know, I don't think they have like a real like State's weakness is a little bit in, in it's the Sunday situation, and their bats aren't great. Their pitching is good enough though to carry them. For the most part, but with Arkansas, I don't know. Like, what am I pointing at and saying ah, they're just not good there? I mean, they have these Friday night problems, but that almost feels like it's it's some sort of odd outlier because I mean, it's it's the same guys who are winning on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I'm trying to like put these teams up next to each other. You know, when you play NCAA football or something, right, like, right. Yeah. You have like offense, offense defense. defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do that, and like with state, it would be pitching 99 all the way to the you know yeah all the way to the right. Offense would be very average, but overall would be. You know, like in the 90s or something. Yeah. And with Arkansas, I think you would just have like 85s, 90s across the board. Kind of thing. They would just be really, you know, They're pretty good solid. in everything. They're yeah, solid team. So, uh, nothing – I don't really think anything that happens this weekend would shock me. It, it is two very good baseball teams. If Mississippi State wins a series, nobody's shocked. If Arkansas wins a series, nobody's shocked. Right. The only thing that's going to shock you is if one team sweeps the other and it's three blowouts. I mean, yeah, at I that wouldn't point, be totally that surprised if either team swept three close games. Yeah, exactly. But if State were to come out and just win, you know, eight one seven nothing ten one, I would be that would be a really big statement. They <laughs> they might move up to fourth in the collegiate baseball poll <laughs> if that were to happen at, at, at that time. So big series. Joel and I'll talk a lot more about it. On tomorrow's pod, but this is this is a big one. Come and I, they haven't made the official announcement yet. I, th- I don't think on attendance, but I don't know. I don't know that they are. They have announced any number. I like guess right. But the, the rumor mill has been that that announcement's coming today. So we'll see if that's indeed the case uh, from John Cohen or, or from whoever. All right, let's move on over to our second positional breakdown of the spring. We're looking at running backs today, and that's brought to you by our good friends. Over at Welcome Home Beef, had some people reaching out to me today about Welcome Home Beef, saying I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a call and try to put something on the grill. It's like, hey, you should do that, and it's just that simple. A quick phone call and bam, great product. Something that I found is it's even better when you have a friend that (laughs) likes to get the items from Welcome Home Beef and cooks it for you. Yeah, makes it easy. I I, I found that's the best route. Joel is the one we like to call the middleman. You know, he's not Welcome Home Beef, and he's not the guy cooking it. He just finds himself in the middle and gets to eat, which is honestly the best place to be. So, why don't you make yourself the middleman and find a friend and tell them to buy some Welcome Home Beef, or just do it yourself if you have the know-how, which some of us do. You know, my mom tells me often when she like cooks dinner or whatever, I just can't eat my cooking, Joel. She says that frequently, so mm-hmm. I don't want to have that problem, so I just let you cook it for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Welcome Home Beef is happy to provide for you, not only from their storefront, but of all across the state of Mississippi. A lot of local markets are getting Welcome Home Beef products on the shelves. If yours isn't one of them, call your local grocery store and find out what you can do to put this Mississippi company in business in your town. 
Call Welcome Home Beef today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. One thing's for sure with Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers, another place that needs to be on your agenda this weekend when you head to Starkville. Two Brothers smoked meat, smoked soul food. Sensational. It's all good at Two Brothers. And, man, it's going to be the place that's going to be hopping this weekend. You know the Cotton District is going to have that buzz about it, and Two Brothers is right there in the heart of it. So stop by, grab some smoked wings, a couple of tacos and a burger, yourself cold beer, cold craft cocktails, and a great, great atmosphere out there on the patio at Two Brothers Smoked Meat, 621 University Drive. Be there this weekend. When you're with Advantage Business Systems, you know you've got a company that's big enough to solve all of your technology needs and a company that provides personal service like you are their next-door neighbor. It's the best of both worlds, and you only get that with a great local company like Advantage Business Systems. Call them today and find out how they can get to work helping you have more profits profits with less problems. You know, some profits had problems, like, you know, Isaiah. They, they had some problems, but beyond that... Profits are usually good. Problems, as we know, are bad. Just, just want to point that out to you. So call Advantage Business Systems today at 601-362. Joel's giving me this look. I was trying to 9192. <laughs> or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I was trying to weave in 99 problems, but something ain't one. I couldn't fit, I couldn't fit it, so I but just But a profit ain't one? Uh, yeah. Doesn't really something work. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I see where you're going, though. I appreciate it. All right, running backs. Real quick, this time last year, when we were doing these kind of things, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of buzz about Kareem Walker. <laughs> I want to, want to put the final kibosh on that. I, ne- I will never forgive some of you for all the Kareem Walker tweets. <laughs> like that guy was ever going to carry the football. Like day one, you were saying he's not going to play. He's not going to play. And now that you've seen the air raid in effect, and you see how the running backs are dole out the ball. I think you know that once we get past Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson, there's not a lot left. I don't expect Simeon Price to be a big part of the offense this year. So let's talk about Johnson and Marks. I think their skill sets, skill sets complement each other. <laughs> I was about to. Can I hit you with a trivia question first? Yeah, sure. Right now, on mm-hmm. the spring, you may be looking at it at which point. I'm not looking, but okay. go ahead. Right now, Mississippi State's spring football roster, there are five running backs listed. Okay. Can you name. Any of them not named Marks or Johnson? Uh, Simeon Price isn't listed, right? No. Because he's not here yet. That's right. Because uh, I don't think I could have. Is Ron Rivers still here? No. Um, well, I don't feel bad now because you've Shumpert? No. Kevin Bowie? <laughs> Negative. Tay Galloway? <laughs> nah, not there. Hank Phillips? <laughs> No? All right, yeah. give them to me. Give me the other ones. J.J. Jernigan. No, no chance. Omni Wells. I know I know who Omni Wells is, at least. Yeah, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. And Stand who's the up. other one? Uh, Jaquez Terrell. Sure. Sure. I'm sure they're good guys, but I don't know anything about them. And those, are, and then when Simeon Price arrives, it doesn't matter. All right, the offense is going to be run through Marks and Johnson. Two different guys, different skill sets. I think Johnson's more of the power... If we're going to go Thunder and Lightning with these two guys, I think Thunder is Johnson and Lightning is Marks. You are a bigger Marks guy. I'm a little bit bigger Johnson guy. Who do you think is... (laughs) 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 All right. All right. 
<laughs> All right. Woo! All right. Yeah. 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 The follow. No reasonable listener could have believed that. I'm taking the uh, Sydney low defense here. Uh, tell me why you think Marks will be the bigger uh, impact player this year on the offense. Uh, I have just. Maybe I'm wrong. I've just, in my mind, have crafted him and I as the more electric of the two. And I just think, when I think air raid, I think electric, versatility, mm-hmm. uh, all those things. And I just, I, this comes across as like, I don't like Dylan Johnson, and I do. I mean, I think Dylan Johnson is going to play a, a big part. I don't think this is going to be one of those situations where one running back has the majority of the statistics. I mean, I do think it's kind of going to be a right down the middle deal. I just, in my mind, I feel like Marks, and I may be wrong, I just feel like he's the best fit of the two. may not be by much. It may not – maybe I'm just wrong, but in my mind, I I just see him as the better fit for the air raid. I I think he brings – maybe it's just because he's a smaller guy, and I I just foresee him as being able to, whether it's catch the ball, be a little shiftier, and I, I don't know. Uh, for you, why 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 are you uh why are you such a uh, lover? Big Johnson lover? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. I, I didn't know how to phrase it without going there again. But oh, I I, I figured we might at this point we might as well just dive in, right? Um, you mentioned explosiveness, right? And yes. I will agree, Mark's more explosive than, than than Dylan Johnson. But you can get explosiveness from other places in this offense, right? I think Wally can be explosive. I think Tulu Griffin can be explosive. I think uh, you know. I think when Makai Polk is a guy who can be be explosive. When I need the ball to move on third and short, I want the power back, and I think that's more what Dylan Johnson brings. He brings a skill, a different skill skill set than some of the other guys in this offense can also give you. Yeah, I, I know we're talking about this coming year, but mm-hmm. is Hargrove kind of that? Is he kind of that kind of guy too? If if he can kind of get back on his feet, and, and I don't and know that Hargrove's not going to be on this team. To be totally honest with you. He could if State can't find a guy they like in the portal, they're just going to give Hargrove a scholarship and then just move forward with him. Um, I think he can be sort of that tweener though, a little bit of, of both, because um, he's a bigger back than than Marks is, but I think he's also got some explosiveness as well. But again, regardless if he's on scholarship or not for this upcoming season, he's not. Gonna- he would be at best a third or fourth running back. He's not going to play a huge role. He's just not. Um, I think we could see a year where I think Johnson may get more carries, but Marks will get a lot more catches. Is how we might might look at this. And I think that may be why I like Marks more because mm-hmm. I mean the you're throwing the ball yeah, more, yeah. and it's just a matter of opportunity. And when you're in an offense that throws the ball this much, I see Marks as more of the pass catcher of the two. Mm-hmm. And and so maybe that's it. It's not really so much of a man. I just think Marks is. Such a greater back than Johnson. It's not that. I think they're both good. And you make a, a good case, too, in that Johnson kind of, with his size, being a bigger guy, mm-hmm. he gives you a little something that, you know, that, that Marks doesn't. You know, if it's third and one and, and you do want to try and just jam it for a couple yards, I mean, you'd rather have the 215-pound guy than the two, than the 195-pound guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Bottom line here. Is they're both gonna play really big roles? I think, and they're both really talented. I mean, I think State's in a very oh, for, good for, spot for sure. Here. State, State, if State were to feature either one of these guys, and just say, you know what, that's the guy, 
I think they'd be fine. Both of these guys are SEC caliber running backs. They're good players. And Mississippi State benefited here, too, by Kylan Hill not playing the rest of the year. And these two guys got to play a lot. Yeah. When we say they took their lumps, they really did. I mean, how many times do we see Jaquavius Marks catch the ball and then immediately get tackled? It was a bunch because there was just no, you know, State was slow to the checkdowns last year. That's one thing I'd like to see going back to last week with Will Rogers. Catch the ball with them moving forward. Well, just to get to the progressions a little bit quicker so that maybe you catch. That's exactly right. I can tell you that I made a point to look a lot of times at Marks and Johnson out of the backfield. And if your first read had been your check down, and I know that seems, you know, obvious that it wouldn't be, but how many times they would just they would swing out into the flat, turn their hips forward, and if you hit them there, they're going forward, they're gonna they're gonna carry the ball for seven or eight yards. But instead, they're stopping near the line of scrimmage as a safety valve. And by the time you scan the field, everybody's rotated over towards them and they catch the ball and they've got nowhere to go, and it's a two-yard gain. And that's why you had games where Marks would have seven catches for 18 yards. Or something like that. This year, you know, I think with Rodgers being better, he can get through his progressions quicker. He might be able to get some of those signs. Because when you, you did see towards the end of the season, when they were able to get those guys the ball in spikers. You know, so I think what we talked last week about Will Rogers, forty two hundred yards, I think was our number, right? That's that's sort of the uh you know, where we say he needs to be passing wise. These two guys combined rushing. It needs to be around a thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you get a thousand yards rushing and forty-two hundred yards passing from those from these guys, you got that's fifty-two hundred I mean, yards of offense. What, what you can't start. do, what you can't do, is get to like State did a year ago and get into like the season's ninth or tenth game of the year, mm-hmm. and you have a total of two hundred yards rushing. There was a time last year, I think it was after the eighth or ninth game, that everybody sitting at home with zero yards was State's third leading rusher. Yes. So if you had no carries for no yards. You were State's third leading rusher. Congratulations. They fixed that by the end of the year, I think, but that's what it was. So, yeah. Well, I don't I mean, know because it was, it was Marks and Johnson getting all the other. She still yeah. may have been the third leading rusher. Yeah. They just, their yardage went I up. Think, I think Rodgers eventually got, 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 into over, got into positive. I think. But yeah, if you're telling me, let's say, in the year, end of the year, these two guys are sitting between 450 and 500 yards apiece, and then they've combined to give you another six to 800 yards receiving. So I'm going to get, between these two guys, if I can get a combined 1,800 yards all-purpose, I'll feel fine. I feel fine. And I think one thing they did, these guys didn't do last year, and as freshmen this is impressive, I don't really remember a lot of fumbles. And they were, they were able to, to hold on to the football. So ball security, obviously a huge thing, especially when you're MSU and you're going to, you're going to throw some interceptions in the air raid. So ball security, good. Explosiveness, good. I, I want to see, I think these are two guys who can take a big step forward. By season's end. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think they're going to be so much better than they were a year ago. I mean, could you imagine if they <laughs> change the sports here, but if they have an Iverson Molinar type progression and oh, you just well, have then, monster years? Yeah. Yeah. If one of them, I mean, what if they, they rush for 800 apiece? Yeah. You know, something like that. I mean, that, 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 that's, that's, that's the high ceiling numbers. That's, that's things have gone a little better than I expected. Yeah. Those two guys can combine for 1,500 yards rushing. Well, then I'm going to be willing to talk to you about State winning 9 or 10 games, yep. I think. so. If you rush for zero yards, you would have been Mississippi State's fifth leading rusher. So I was fifth leading rusher. And none of the ones in front of you would be a quarterback, by the way. 
Well, a couple guys going to end around that we missed. That's well, I guess they're including everybody with positive yardage here. I could it may they may just cut it off, but anyway, the four listed here are obviously Marks and Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marks had three hundred twelve netted three hundred twelve yards, and mm-hmm. Dylan Johnson netted two twenty five. Kylan had fifty eight. I just want to point out that uh, in Joe Moorhead's first year, Kylan had a game with two two seventeen. <laughs> Kylan had fifty eight, and can you guess the other one here? Another running back. It's not Lee Weatherspoon. It is, it? is Lee Weatherspoon. Yeah. Had fi- had thirty five yards. The, the rushing numbers last year are a thing of infamy. I don't ever want to see them again. And uh, yeah, I don't know if like I can't remember. Did did Wally have an end around or anything like? I don't remember a lot of end arounds at all. To be totally honest with you, I, that that's on on the stat sheet here. That's the only four listed, but. Somebody like Will Rogers may have had like a positive. He may have finished with two yards or something. I don't know, yeah. but he's just not here. Yeah. I could look and and we could find out, but it's not that big a deal. Oh, well. So, all right. So Marks and Johnson, we're going to mark them down for big improvement uh, in 2021. But again, just to reiterate, that neither one of them are going to be thousand yard rushers. You know, if last year wasn't enough to make you, if you if you're one of these people like you know. I know we ran the ball more at the end of the year. Maybe maybe Leach is going to run the ball even more. That's not going to happen. Still going to be a passing offense. I know it's going to take some time to get it all out of our systems, but it's going to be okay. Next week, wide receivers. A lot to talk about there. A lot to talk about with those guys. All right, tomorrow's show, full preview of Mississippi State. Uh, Arkansas plus Mississippi State basketball will have played its NIT game against Richmond. We will recap that game against the Spiders and see if the Bulldogs continue moving forward in the postseason. Until then, for Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.